forever. <laughs> Dog. Manila. The trees growing out. I'm feeling extra glamorous tonight. Don't be a bitter bitch. Just make them eat it, honey. <laughs> Merry Christmas and welcome to The Chop with Latrice and Manila. Where we give you, well, we're not giving you anything. Who's on top? <laughs> <laughs> and, who, and who gets a lump of coal? <laughs> oh, let's chop it up. It's Christmas Eve, Latrice. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. How are you feeling? Um, we made it to Christmas. I, I mean, I, I feel like I feel like at the end of the year, when you make it to Christmas Eve, it's like smooth sailing from from then on. Like, cause you got like a week for like That's it. you know, Christmas and New Year's, and then you don't have to worry about it till it's next year, right? It's true. And <laughs> but it's happened so fast. Now, like for me, I feel like this year <laughs> has gone. Like, even though we've been home and it feels like we've been home forever, it seemed like the year still went fast. Like, we're literally, it's over. Yeah. Because during this pandemic, we weren't really able to accomplish as much as we would usually do. Correct. So you're like, you're kind of like going back in your memories of like, what did I do this year? I was going through my phone and I was like, oh, uh, I don't have any pictures because, like, why would I take a picture of me sitting in my on my sofa watching Netflix again? <laughs> what is the point of that? I mean, but you know, it's 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 good because I'm looking forward to taking this year out on this mediocre high that we're on. <laughs> Yeah, it's a mediocre high. I'm, you know, some great things have developed over the last month. So, going into 2021, I'm really excited because that's when everything's going to be released, and you know, we get to talk about what we did. We get to unwrap those (laughs) Christmas gifts of all those projects we've been doing under all those COVID precautions and whatever. Yeah, (laughs) correct. So. Yeah, I guess Christmas is going to be a little late for us. But I, I mean, are you? Do you have any big plans? Are you going? I mean, not big, but I, this year because uh, because it's like pretty much my first time being at home for Christmas. I'm really excited because you know I I think this is going to be like my first time in years that I'm like just doing it solo and spending it at home. You well, know, so I'm I'm kind of excited for that because. I don't have to travel. I don't have to deal with my family. I don't have to buy the kids presents. I don't have to worry about wrapping stuff. And I don't have to, none of that. So I could just take it nice and easy and just, you know, know, we got our Christmas tree. I'm like wrapping my own presents. Like literally anything that comes from Amazon, I just like wrap it up and I'll open it on Christmas. Right, right, right. So are you a family that opens, are, are you a traditionally uh, a person that opens up Christmas presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Like for our family, it was, Christmas Eve was, we, we were able to open up one gift only. We opened up one uh. gift that was not, you know, because obviously Santa hadn't came yet. So yeah. we know that these presents are for mom, dad, 
sister, brother, whoever. Um, so we were able to open up one. And um, it was just really the time to gather and eat and share stories and laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, I have very, very few memories of that, but they stick out. Because, yeah. you know, I come from a broken home. We've had, we had drama and things. And so my mother did the best she could to make Christmas as wholesome and memorable for us as she could. Oh, yeah, that's that sounds like how I started. Like, we would do Christmas Eve at my grandma's house where she would cook her big, you know, the old, all the 1950s, like, classic <laughs> record record playing in the background uh, Christmas, you know, with all the with all the trims and fixins and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we would open up presents with my with my grandparents. And then when my family would drive back to our house, my parents would let us open one gift that was sitting underneath our Christmas tree. Uh-huh. Since then, however, mm-hmm. as the years have gone by, we kept opening more and more Christmas presents on Christmas <laughs> Eve. <laughs> and now I'm, that I'm married to my husband, his family's tradition is to open up all the Christmas presents on Christmas Eve because they, they early, because they can't wait, I guess. That's and what then, it is. You don't open up any presents on, except on Christmas Day. Those are the ones that are like the ones that Santa brings. Correct. Now, how long and how old were you when you realized um, that Santa was um, was was cover your, your spoiler alert, kids? Uh, cover your you know, ears. Who Santa you... was? Who who Santa was? Who like? When you when the when you discovered who he was out of drag, ah, uh, that's a good that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> when yes. you discovered who he was out of drag, how old were you? I I don't know how old I was, but I do have a very distinct memory. Um, it was uh, when I was growing up, we would uh, we were we had like this cultural society of Filipinos in Minnesota that we would like all the Filipinos would you know like you know they'd meet every once in a while and you know like we would learn folk dances we would have like potlucks and we would do whatever uh-huh. um, and during Christmas one Santa Santa Claus would come to Christmas every year and he would have all these gifts from um, for the kids and he would get, give out the the Christmas presents. And I remember getting a gift from him one, one year and it was this little die cast airplane. And I was like, how did Santa know I wanted this? Because I didn't, I never seen that man in my life. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was kind of knew that Santa might out of drag. He might be my dad, but um, how did this particular Santa and mind you, like this is a bunch of Filipinos and Santa was a white guy. Right. Uh You know, like, like, like in the movies with the, with the, with the plastic the $20 beard attachment. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. I was like, how does how does Santa know what present I wanted? I, it blew my mind. I was like, oh, this is this is real Santa. Later found out the next year when I got the present that I wanted from Santa, like he gave me the present, that it was the same wrapping paper as the wrapping the presents under my, the tree that my mom. Oh, you did a little one and one figured plus it out. two. Yeah, yeah. The, the year before, I was like, Santa knew exactly what I wanted. He, he knew I wanted this little diecast airplane, 
And then the next year I got another present, but it was wrapped in the same exact wrapping paper that I watched my mom wrap all the presents in. So that's how I knew. I don't remember how old I was. I was probably older than I should have been. Like it took me a while to figure it out. I, I was I was 17 years old. Damn, Vegeta. How about you? How old were you? Oh God, I I think maybe I discovered. Uh, uh, maybe I had to be around ten or eleven. Really? Yeah. What did you find out? Like someone told you on the playground, or did you like (gasps) stay up and you saw your mom? I did. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I stayed up and um because you know you're supposed to leave Santa cookies and stuff ah uh. and milk and I had um forgot and so I woke up to go put out cookies and milk and um I saw my mama under the oh, tree damn. and I was like what is you doing <laughs> what are you doing and she's, like, That's and she's like what are you doing up and <laughs> And so she told me that she was helping Santa and um And you were like, Oh no, I figured it out now. She covered you know, she's really co- trying to cover her tracks and stuff and keep the she, she wasn't good at lying. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was, of course me, you know, I was a little too too grown for my riches anyway. I mean you were uh, ten I, years, ten or eleven years old. I mean this girl, like most people figure it out by like seven or eight. No, actually that reminds me, like I remember one time like um my sister was like Let's go find the presents that are my parents. Like, oh, there we you found are. the stash in my parents' closet. You went on the Easter egg hunt during well, Christmas. Well, that's because I was going through my mom's closet to try on her on her pumps. Well, there you and have that. She should have known not to put. She should have put it on the top shelf where it's not next to all those <laughs> glorious three inch uh, pumps. You know, See, wears like a sneaker, but uh, feels like feels like a pump. But wears like a sneaker. Oh, she was uh, easy, a little easy spirit. Easy, easy spirits, girl. <laughs> There was one pair of pumps. I think it was like a two and a half inch pump. Oh my god! Bright, bright blue. Blue is my favorite color. Girl, when I was a kid. you remember that commercial? And they were on the basketball court <laughs> playing. playing. The basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> that is some old commercial realness. <laughs> uh, yes. You want some cha-cha heels for Christmas? <laughs> Here you go. Now you grew up. You grew up in Minnesota. Yes. So do you still like the snow? I, here's the deal. For Christmas time, I love the snow. Okay. Love, love, love. Love everything about the winter experience. But the second Christmas is over, okay. damn snow should melt. I'm over it. I'm okay. done. There yeah, it is. see? All yeah, right. that's the problem. So, okay. That's the problem with living in Minnesota. The snow don't stop until probably like Easter. March or April. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. So... Uh, yeah, unfortunately, it don't work the way that you... Now, in your fantasy, I could deal with it. Like, for yeah. Christmas, yes, let's have it. Beautiful. Feel the fantasy. But, bitch, on the 26th, I'm going to need there going to be, like, uh, uh, like the sun to come out, a big old, like, something has heat to happen. Heat wave to melt heat that wave. snow. Heat wave. Tropical mm-hmm. heat wave is what we need. And to melt the snow. Because I can't. Cannot, will not do it ever again. Like, I lived in Wisconsin for a year. So That's right. I got my feel. <laughs> For a lifetime. A, a lifetime. I was like, you know, <laughs> when you, it's nothing like, because I live with roommates and then we all had, you know, part of it is like, we take turns 
shoveling the oh, freaking sidewalk in the driveway. And so when it was my turn, baby, it was like <laughs> herding cats. Because I didn't want to go. I was going <laughs> to die. It was too cold. This shit is for the birds. It was horrible. I hated it. I Yeah, I remember. I hated shoveling. My dad would always, my dad would always make me shovel. And we, we were in Minnesota. We had um, a snowplow, like one oh, of those like gas hand- operated, uh-huh. you know, it's like, it's like a lawnmower, but it, yeah. it plows snow. But he's going to teach and you And I some- was always like, why, why is, because my dad was like, uh, my dad, I don't think, I think my dad was like, uh, I want to say cheap, but <laughs> resourceful, I guess, mm-hmm. saving, saving Frugal. money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that little tiny gallon of gas that would, he'd put in that gas tank, he would try to save for but so he would just be like oh yeah i got a son Let, let's make him a man and yep. make him big and strong that, that. And you go out there with this shitty cheap plastic sh- shovel and you go shovel the driveway yeah i hated, it. I hated, hated it. it hated it hated it everything i hate but now i live in california and you know you're in florida so we don't get no snow <laughs> amen we knew we knew we grew up and we were wiser you see you can't, yeah. <laughs> your old bones can't deal with the snow. I know mm-hmm. this. Cause my young bones couldn't. I can just couldn't. use my imagination right now. <laughs> oh, cause you, oh, oh, cause you're not 40 yet, right? Cause you, <laughs> mm, No, bitch. here's the thing about it. I love living in Los Angeles because, you know, we, we make movies out here in Hollywood. So like they go extra on the, the Christmas vibes to like kind of offset the fact that we are like, you know, it's 65 degrees outside, you know? Well, that makes so, sense. like when you go to, when you go to like the Grove shopping area, they actually like they play like Christmas music. They got everything decorated, and they even have like those snow machines that blast snow over the um. How over festive! The, yeah, and it comes out. They're like little soap suds. They kind of like float down, and it feels like you're in you know on the hour every hour they they make it snow. Well, all right. Yeah, that's, like, that's 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 good. That's all I need. I don't need the cold. I don't need to shovel. I don't need it to turn into gross brown sludge. None of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, dreaming why? of not a white Christmas. Not a white Christmas. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm dreaming of a beach and a pina colada, bitch. That's what I- <laughs> <laughs> but why don't we take a short break and we'll come back and get into our inbox. Mm, let's open our inbox for Christmas. We're back. Happy holidays. It's Christmas Eve here on The Chop. And we want to unwrap some of the emails that you've given to us in our inbox. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you if you are late to giving us our Christmas email presents, you can always email us at latriceandmanila at gmail.com. Uh, yep, yeah. So oh, I just lost my spot. Here we go. Latrice, we have, a, we have an email from Chris. Can oh, you read okay. that to us? Well, maybe you should read this and I should read the second one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Dear Latrice and Manila, I just want to... Oh, this is from... Who is this from? Oh, from Chris. Uh-huh. I just want to say... I want to start by saying how much I love and appreciate you both. Oh, thank you, Chris. Mm-hmm. I hope you are as excited that I, as I am that 2020 is finally nearly over. 
My question for you is this. I've strongly considered doing drag for quite some time now, but I could never fully convince myself to do it. Before Drag Race, y'all weren't famous and probably not as well off financially as I assume you are now. I mean, that. no offense by that. How do you rationalize doing drag to both yourself and to your parents despite not knowing if it could keep the lights on? I might need a boost of confidence, that's all. With all my love and admiration, I'm wishing you a fantastic holiday season and a hopeful new year. Thank you for all that you do. XOXO, Chris. Okay, Chris. Well, first of all, um, what I would say to you about this is that for me, drag became a passion. So it mm-hmm. wasn't a matter of convincing myself whether the lights were going to be kept on while I did, did it or not. The fact that I followed my passion and my dreams is what made me elevate myself to a point where I knew that I was going to be able to keep the lights on with my craft. So you, you like, you got to decide what you're doing this for. First of all, like, are, are you doing it to become famous? Do you do you have a passion for drag? Are you intrigued by makeup and fashion or the art or uh, entertainment um, factors of uh, drag? So I would first get in touch with what and why you want to do drag and pursue it um, and not really worry about, um, you know, whether or not you're going to be able to turn on the lights with it because we have the dream and then you have to pay for the dream. So you might have to get a job until your dream, quote unquote, I'm putting air quotes, uh, comes true and you're able to uh, feed and finance yourself through your art. Yeah, I mean, when I when I was uh, before Drag Race, I would, I had a regular job and at at, at my job, I would be like, uh, I would be, you know, secretly sketching my little dresses that I was going to wear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when my paycheck came, I would go and I would go buy fabric and I would figure it out. But the thing about drag is it's a fantasy. So mm-hmm. the fantasy doesn't have to be reality. Your glamour does not have to translate like directly into dollar signs because you've seen drag queens take a bunch of crap from the dollar store mm-hmm. and make it into something glamorous and, and something fun and creative. Um, so I would say like, you know, invest in some of the makeup stuff. Cause that like makeup lasts a really long time, but that's pretty much one of the biggest and most expensive things is the makeup kit and whatever. So yeah, just you know, save some money up for your makeup and and the and some wigs, and then the rest of it kind of just like kind of falls into place. You know what I mean? You can make uh, you can make a dress out of something you found at the thrift store and like you know, cut it up and sew it together or whatever. And then as you as you as you work your way and you know keep doing it, like you know, people will start to take notice. Then you'll start to like get some gigs, and mm-hmm. you know, then you'll start making money. But until then, it's it should just yeah be a passion project until it starts making you money. That's exactly it. So, I mean, that's really what it boils down to. So, um, find your passion, darling. Follow your bliss. Follow your bliss. Just put the lipstick on and put your (laughs) high heel shoes on, honey. It's so easy these days. You don't even have to, like, do that awkward thing where you ask the the shoe salesperson to find you this high heel shoe in a size 13. You can just go on Amazon Prime and have it shipped to you in two days. Yes, ma'am. You know? Yes, ma'am. So, you know, 
just just do it. Just try it. Try it out. You know, be reasonable. If you're worried about money, then, you know, there's ways to, you know, cut costs. Cut and the costs. other part of your, your your question I don't want to, like, skirt over is that you're, you, you mentioned your parents. And so, like, the fact that you, you don't need to justify shit to them. I'm just going to be real. You don't have to justify um, your passion or your your drive or your your love for the art of drag. Like, they'll get exactly. on board. You can educate them. You can show them RuPaul's Drag Race. You can show that, that this has potential to become a viable career. But you don't have to justify. They either get on board or don't. But, like, that's the point. Like, I'm, I personally am tired of trying to live up to other people's expectations of what they think my life should be. Do mm-hmm. you, baby. Do you. Yes, I totally agree with that, Latrice. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Because, like, you're doing it for yourself. And, look... If your parents were like, oh, like our 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 kid is is interested in joining like the football team, yeah, you would have to like if you wanted to play football, you'd have to pay all no this co- money too. Mm-hmm. It's and still he, expensive, no if matter you wanted what. To be a, if you wanted to be a scuba diver, you'd have to go buy all this equipment, pay for scuba trips, lessons, scuba lessons, uh, trips to to like you know the coral reef in Australia. Who knows? <laughs> so whatever makes you happy, baby. <laughs> do you <laughs> so we love you Chris Latrice we have another uh, e- uh, email to unwrap in our inbox this one is from Nick hey girls with a Z huge fan just discovered your podcast and I love hearing about your spouses my question is primar- uh, primarily for Latrice you and Christopher are adorable and I'm so inspired by y'all's relationship I've been dating someone uh, now for six months, and he's quite smaller than me. I'm six foot four and 350 pounds. Hey, hey, twin. Um, <laughs> and he's a itty bitty five foot ten, 140 twink, 140 pound twink. As many young gays would do, we have already confessed our love for each other and are joined at the hips. <laughs> well, his hip is. Uh, his lo- your love handle. That's so funny. <laughs> it's him. It's my love handle. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, while I feel confident in my relationship, I often find myself not believing him when he says that I'm attractive. I know what you're feeling. I don't think that he's uh, is being uh, disingenuous, but I always have a hard time accepting the that anyone could find me beautiful. As big boy growing as a big boy growing up, I never really had much romance. Most people have um, I've been with have had um, either fetishized my size or tried to get me to lose weight. So because of that, I have a lot of anxiety about my size and if it will affect my relationship, um, or if he will one day find me unattractive. I love my body and how I look. But for some reason, getting in relationships always makes me a little self-conscious, even if my partner says, I love my body. They love my body. So, as a big girl yourself, do you have similar anxieties? And if so, what do you do to tell yourself to cope with them? Has weight ever been an issue in relationship? And has dating someone smaller than you created any issues? Seeing a gay couple like you with two very different body types bring hope to maybe more gay men uh, will not be so vain and appreciate different bodies. I adore you both. And in my opinion, you two should have double, uh, we've been double winners of All-Stars for it. We, we are, baby. We are, we are winners in life right now. So thank you. And he's attached <laughs> a little drawing to show his appreciation for what we've done. 
Oh, oh, that is so cute! Oh my gosh. Thanks, Nick. That is so cute. Oh, I oh, love that. Oh, that is so cute. That is a cute picture of us. Uh well, what well, do you what what are your what's your answer to, okay. to Nick? There's a lot. There's a lot here. There's a lot here, Nick. So let's get into like brass tacks. First of all, uh, the answer to your questions questions are yes, 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 and yes. Um, what happens is like um, we from very young. I've always you know I've been you know I wore uh, what's it called those uh, the 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 big boy pants husky huskies husky huskies i wore huskies as a little boy you know um because those were i outgrew the little boy pants so i was in the huskies so as i got older and got bigger you know um yeah i started having um body issues and you know discovering that i am bigger than most and um how that is not attractive and uh, to the normal society, what society has built into our brains as attractive. So, yeah, I did struggle for a very long time. It wasn't until I got to be an adult that I learned to accept and love myself uh, for who I was and what I was. Now, in my younger days, I was a lot thinner. I was in a 34 waist, was the skinniest I've ever been, I think. Um, but I will say, even uh a 34 waist when you're around dancers and dancer bodies when i was dancing um you're still the fat kid in the room mm. because they're like 29 inch waists 28 yeah. inch waist you know so you're still the fat kid in the room so no matter how thin i ever was um i never felt thin enough that's dangerous so i had to reprogram and understand that uh that i was beautiful and Fine as I was. And now what I did learn is that I still attracted thin guys and guys with light, nice bodies. They, they, I didn't know if it was a fetish or not, but I knew that they were into it, whatever. She, she was be. pulling the skinny train. <laughs> pulling the skinny train. And I was like, you know, <laughs> they have a joke about me. They, you know. Oh, okay. oh and what's that? What's that? They said I fucked more skinny white guys than Crystal Matt. So. <laughs> That's a drag queen. That's a drag queen. That's not a drug reference, is it? <laughs> That's a joke. But no, the the what I you know, I um what I cherish about Christopher and the difference is because it never was about size. We fell in love with each other's souls. And that's the most important thing. When you fall in love with someone's soul, um, the the everything else falls into place. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it really, you, you you don't, that's the last thing on your mind. Whereas society does look at you a certain type of way because I'm big, he's little. And I will tell you this, I did this gig in Vegas once. And it was for a big, big guy uh, <laughs> convention. Oh. For, for the big guys, the big guys and their admirers. Now, I... I actually worked this gig with uh, Wendy Ho. So it was... Oh, so it's already fun. <laughs> it, it's, it's already fun. 
<laughs> but what I did not realize when I got there, because me and Christopher, we never think about ourselves this way because that was not a part of our dynamic or attraction or whatever. Um, but when we got there, we realized that, oh, my God, they think that we're them. <laughs> like, they think that this is some kind of, like, big boy and his fetishizing uh, twink boyfriend, you know, and that was the last thing on our mind. So as long as you know where you stand with your man, that really is all that matters. It don't give a shit about how other people see you. You see each other and that's all that matters. Don't focus on that. I know that it's hard sometimes because I'm like, I'm not like me personally, I have never been attracted to a bigger guy because I feel like that is just way too much shit going on in the bedroom. Like, that is too <laughs> shit, much. You got move, it covered already, right? <laughs> ooh, bitch, get out the way. You know, ooh. You know, you lifting up his, you, he lifting up yours, you know, you have folds of shit. No, it's just too much. So enjoy it. You have a man who loves you for you. Embrace that. Now it's your turn to love you for you. That's all it boils down to. And so I've gotten very comfortable and secure within myself because I know that I'm big and sexy. So, you know, um, just know that you're the prize, boo. You're the prize. And continue to keep yourself um, on that pedestal because no one should be able to make you feel lesser than who you are. So that's my advice to you. I think that um, love is... Love is blind, and so we don't give a shit about um, a lot. We we don't give a shit about when you're in love. You tolerate Amen. everybody. You tolerate some shit that you never thought you would tolerate, and you 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 deal with it because you love this person and you know their soul and their intentions. So exactly. Yeah. And if the re- relationship is going to last a lifetime, honey, them looks fade. Ooh, they trust. go away. You're going to have to put on like. The most beautiful person is going to end up putting the most makeup on and just to look young and whatever. So, you know, it's the attraction is at a deeper level than just the surface and what the you surface, look like. The surface, yeah. Mm-hmm. So just know that you're big and sexy, honey. Big and sexy. Yeah. And your man loves you, honey. So let him roll all around on it, honey. <laughs> All right, and on that note, let's take a break so we can cool off. <laughs> we'll be right back. You got the chop. You got the chop. You got the chop. You got the chop. Girl, you got the chop. We are back. It's Christmas Eve, and I want to let everyone know our tops and our chops this Christmas week. Latrice, um, leading up to Christmas Eve, what is your chop this week? Oh my goodness. You know, I am grateful for so much and uh, actually it's been a pretty good week, so I don't have much to bitch about. Uh, But I'm sure I can find something. Yeah, no, that's I'm the best part. The bi- the big problems in our lives, those ones are not as entertaining to bitch about. But the little, the small things, small like, shit. like you ran out of coffee filters, that's the stuff that I want to hear you go in on, bitch. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
So let me see. I'm trying to think what happened. What has anything happened? I feel like I've had a very uneventful week when it comes to chopping things. Because, um, it's yeah, you know, um, mm, you know what I will chop? I will chop um, all the fake news about this vaccine going on. I will chop that. The fake news Ooh. and the fake people and the fake all that. Um, I am very happy that we are progressing and finding a solution to this problem so we can get back to being healthy. Um, but, you know, obviously there's a lot of skeptics out there who are like, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not, you know, and I'm a little skeptical, but not to the point where I, you know, if they were like, oh, do you want this? I wouldn't do it because I would surely want to try to be healthy and maintain uh, not getting COVID. So I'm chopping the naysayers. I'm going to trust our scientists because what I do know and what I have been reading is that New Zealand yeah. and Australia uh-huh. have no new cases. They are do, they, co- do they have the New- vaccine? I, um, I don't know if they have the vaccine. I think they do. But I know New Zealand is COVID-free. They like they 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 have nipped their shit in the butt. I kept telling Chris, I said, "I see, see, let's go there." They don't have guns and they don't have COVID. Like New Zealand, it's beautiful. Yeah, and I, like now that I know that you can do better, we can do better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we should. So yeah, I I I feel I feel you because like I, I've been trying like not to like read because like everything's fake news, and after this. After this entire year, you don't know what to believe anymore. Ooh, for real. You know what I mean? So it's like, you have to kind of like, I fi- I find out like, oh, well, okay. So they got the vaccines out there in the UK. So, okay. All right. The, you, the United Kingdom came before the United States. So let, <laughs> let's see if they turn into zombies. For a, we got a few days. Okay. They are not turning into to zombies. All right. Okay, cool. Let's uh, shoot myself, shoot myself up with some vaccine. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, it does make me it does make me kind of nervous because I'm not used to like taking vaccines, but I don't know. I got my hepatitis and my See, polio yeah, and all that. Exactly. Other... All them shots when you were young and mm-hmm. stuff. So you know, I say vaccinate your pets, get them spayed or neutered. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> um well my chop this week, um, because I've been trying not to like be watching the news. I, I'm I'm done with the news. I just yeah. want to like sit simmer in the holiday and drag spirit. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. My chop though is um, I am trying to clean my drag room. I'm trying to do an overhaul of my drag room again. Oh, nice. I kind of like if you watched our Tuesday show, you noticed that like my the background in my house, my my drag room is a little bit different. I've been rearranging some furniture. I have to go through some some new, you know, get rid of some stuff, rearrange some stuff, kind of. When the pandemic first happened, I had all this time and I was really excited to like kind of go through all of my drag in my drag room and put everything away. Mm. And I thought that like I would be done with it. I washed my hands clean of it. And, you know, now the gigs started coming and I'm starting to pull things out here and pull things out there. And then, you know, haphazardly just throwing them back on a rack or just putting them in a pile. So that's my job. Like right now, my house is a complete disaster because in order for me to get my drag room clean, I have to take everything out and put it into my living room and then slowly bring everything in. And then because everything's coming out, 
my husband is now finding little like you know like things that he's like, oh I'm gonna I'm gonna you don't need this oh you don't need this you haven't worn this in years yeah so here take a look there's like there's my um <laughs> there's this is what is that are, see all the wigs that are right here uh-huh yeah they look nice yeah those are the, those are the wigs that my husband oh that's my I lo- wig box oh. and those are oh, now that's his I wigs your wife that's I'm I your wife, wife Luzon. <laughs> <laughs> oh so girl now she's coming for the gigs girl she comment from oh you know what <laughs> But like we were telling Chris earlier in the episode, like you do you, you want to get in drag, you go ahead and do it. Uh, uh, unfortunately for uh, fortunately for Michael, he doesn't have to spend any of the money because it's already here. I already it's bought all, shit. That's it. I know. Yeah, well, um, his so now I'm, I'm realizing I'm going to have to like organize my drag room with an, a section for my husband, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, he should be helping you if he's going to wear it. No, 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 no. This is my this is my Christmas gift to him. Oh. It's a clean drag room. Well, that's really lovely. So yeah. it benefits both of you, really. It really does. In the and long I don't run, ha- like, yeah. Yeah, and I don't have to spend any money on it because it's, you know. It's a free service. It's, a, it's free. <laughs> it's like it's like when you're a kid and you give your your mom coupons for like a free a free hug or I'll do yeah. the laundry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's thoughtful. What about your top? It's Christmas. What's your top Christmas moment? Oh, my God. Well... The fact, my top moment is I'm really, uh, I'm happy. We just completed Why Gotta Be White Christmas. So that's my Christmas shebang. Oh, yeah. And then, like, you know, tonight and and tomorrow, it's just going to be me and Christopher. And we're going to do low-key just with us and have a nice dinner and spend time, watch movies, um, and, and just enjoy our home. And kind of like you know wusa yeah. and let it, all, it namaste you know and merry christmas and happy hanukkah hanukkah kwanzaa and all that because you know i I'm, think that's a little, great yeah i'm wore out a little bit from <laughs> <laughs> a lot and yeah. i feel like you know i'm tired of planning and doing and all that so this would be a very nice for us to just kind of be really at home for the first time and enjoy it quietly just the two of us that's sweet. I think that's huh. also going to that's also going to be my top this week. I, I'm really, really, really excited. I feel like, um, you know, I, I've been working a lot. We, we've both been working a lot because yeah. apparently everyone that wanted uh, some kind of drag, drag holiday something, it's they happening. came last minute and they were. Yep. Just, I was stressed <laughs> out. So finally, <laughs> I feel like I've gotten, I've finished all of my gigs, and now that. Everyone is like in the hall, like it's the holidays now. So no one's going to be knocking my door down and being like, oh, I need you to do a Zoom call for this, blah, blah, blah. Mm -mm." (laughs) Right. I am looking forward to not being in drag until (laughs) for a week. A good look. Yeah, a good whole week. We will um, not have to be getting in drag unless. um, Well, unless my husband gets in drag. Well. Yeah. Then we put her. We put her out on the street and get her to work, honey. Yes, maybe she can make the money next year, twenty twenty one. I can just sit back and be a, a housewife. Baby, let her tour, honey. Mm-hmm. Do it. Hmm. Come on, stunt double. <laughs> but, right, right. Teach him my makeup tricks. Give him a bl- black and blonde wig and send him to the gigs for me. <laughs> send her on out. Send her on out. Well, that are that's our tops and our chops this week, Christmas Eve. Uh, and we will be back in 2021 chopping it 
chopping it up about all things RuPaul's Drag Race UK season two. So that's something to look forward to. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. Thank you all again for listening to The Chop. And please subscribe to our show and rate and review us on your podcast apps. And reminder, we have new episodes every Tuesday and every Thursday. And you can send us an email. We might read it on the show next week. Just email latriceandmanila at gmail.com. And you can follow us at Latrice Royale and at Manila Luzon. And we'll see you next week to find out who or what gets the chop. Happy holidays, everyone. Be safe. Happy holidays. We love you. Merry Christmas. Merry Queen Ma. Forever. To listen to The Chop ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. The Chop is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media. Mom. Hosted by Latrice Royale and Manila Luzon. Produced by Big Dipper. Mixed and mastered by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Bally. Alaska Thunderfuck. Brett Boehm. Joe Cilio. And Alex Ramsey. Our theme song is The Chop by Manila Luzon and Latrice Royale. 